0: A tēnā katoa. Uh, welcome to The Handlers, a play by Puata Alvi McCree. Uh, right now, I'm going to hand over to our actors to say who they are and what characters they're playing. My name is Amber Corrine, I'm the director of this work, and we'll be reading the stage directions. Tēnā katoa. Kia ora, I'm
1: Aroha Rawson, and I'm playing Firo.
2: Kia ora. my name is Gerald Urquhart, and I'll be playing John.
3: Kia ora, my name is Nastasia Wolfgram, and I'll be playing Salote.
4: Kia ora, I'm Ebony Andrew, and I'll be playing Hine. Kia ora, my name is Si'an Parker and I will be playing Kiri.
0: Ka pai. So we're coming to you from Auckland Live, who have been supporting us and workshopping these plays over our Koanga Festival. Uh, Settlin, we hope you enjoy this reading of The Handlers by Poata Alvi McCree. Tēnā koutou katoa. Scene 1. Tēnā Koto katoa. The handle room of the Crown Lynn Factory, Auckland, New Zealand, 1970s. There are bar height tables, stools, shelves full of ceramic cups awaiting firing. A bench top beside a sink is stacked with moulds. A drying rack holds finished cups waiting bisque firing. A radio on the bench plays You Can't Hurry Love, The Supremes. Fero is standing at the drying rack, loading a tray of handled cups onto the shelves. Kitty walks in, glances at Auntie Fiddle, and takes a seat at the assembly table.
1: You can't hurry love, alright? Can't hurry a Māori girl back from Smoko either.
0: It's not because I'm Māori, Auntie. Salute's still in there.
1: That Salute's been hanging out with you girls for too long. She's acting more like a Māori every day.
0: Salute walks in, overhears the conversation, and stops short. Tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou katoa. <laughs> Salote winks at Kitty, who giggles. Auntie Fiddle shakes her head and keeps working. More like a Māori. What does that mean? Fiddle st- stands up and begins loading her tray with handled cups.
1: You act like you own the place. We do. Well, we should.
0: We own the
4: bloody land that it's built on. Oh, you were Ngāpui last time I checked. You know what I mean. Before the parkia came, this.
1: I was know all about life before the parkia came, my dear. But that's not life we're living
0: now. Kitty walks over to the radio and turns it up and dances. You'll get nowhere focusing on the past, girl. We have to adapt.
1: Take advantage of the Pākehā ways and use them to build a better life.
0: Vero picks up her tray of cups and carries them over to the drying racks.
1: Pākehā ways and a better life are not synonymous, Auntie. Piana to Papa
4: pai.
0: Good days and bad days, you know.
1: Aye, oh, I, I know. Those sponges are headed, bub.
0: Kitty stands, collects the sponges from the tables, adds them to the box, then takes the whole box over to the sink. She grabs a box of clean sponges off a shelf and places it in the centre of the assembly table. Mum reckons it won't be long.
1: Karuha, Tell her I'll come over this weekend.
0: Yep. Looks
1: like we're short a few whanau. Is there a hui I don't know about?
4: No, nah, they're all here. Early smoko. Don's staggering the brakes. Keep production rolling.
1: Is that right? Would have been nice if he'd let the floor manager know. Betty, Linda, mara Mart,
0: time to get back on the floor. These cups won't handle themselves. John enters, looking stressed. Oh,
2: Vera, you're here. Thank goodness. We've Got a couple of production issues to iron out. The new moulds are... Re-
1: Already sorted, John. I've put May into making up a whole new batch. We'll have to dump the others. They just keep cracking.
2: Oh, you've sorted it. Thanks. Uh, the other thing is the 405 handle not what
1: firing well. Yes, I heard. Linda and Marama are working through that now. If anyone can find a solution, it's those two.
2: Great. Thank you, Vera. That's that's everything then. You're uh, welcome, John. Yes. Thank you. I'll let you get on with your work. Morning, uh, uh, Marie.
0: Hone. <laughs> <laughs> John squirms and makes an awkward exit. Kitty rolls her eyes. Fiddle stares hard at Kitty. What?
1: You don't need to treat him like that. What's he ever done to you? What's he ever done for me? He employs you in a job that you would really enjoy if you stopped criticizing everything.
0: Fiddle adds the cup in her hand to the tray that's now full. She stands and takes it over to the drying rack. The radio plays. You can get it if you really want, Jimmy Cliff. It's a factory. We're labourers, we clock in, make handles, stick them
4: on, clock out. I don't know why you're so devoted.
1: Maybe just a factory job to you, but it's more than that for me. See this handle? It's my one. You designed this? Yep. The old ones were too small.
0: Kitty picks up one of the cups.
1: They're logger's cups. Who do you know that's a logger? Uh, Rangi, boy. Nugs? Exactly. Men with big hands. They need a wide handle to grab onto and I came up with this. Kitty examines the cup. They're really popular now. Got a pay rise for it too. Small one, but still. They gave you a pay rise because you designed a new handle. A better handle, which resulted in more sales. So... So... Kitty picks
0: up the cup in front of her and examines it even more closely. Scene 2. Pākehā ways. We're in the smoker room. A back wall holds a set of lockers. A side wall has a kitchenette with with cup racks full of crown lin cups overhead. A formica table with four chairs sits in the center of the room. Salote is at the notice board scanning the notices. Kitty enters with paper and felt tip. She grabs sandwiches from her locker. you signing up for the nipple team? Kitty sits at the table writing as well she eats. Maybe, if there's a Maori team. Or a poly
4: team. Yeah, poly team be alright. There's enough of us not joining the Pākehā team again. Their
0: socials suck. So look there, <laughs> brings a teapot to the table. Oh, their music's
3: alright, but the food. Those teeny little triangle breads on top of each other.
4: Club sandwiches.
3: And that watery orange drink. Punch. No flavour.
4: And the Cheerios with a toothpick in it and a tiny cube of cheese stuck on. Oh, they don't know how to have a real feed, man. Maybe that's why they look so sad. They're probably hungry.
0: So Lothé pours tea into both cups, pushes one over to Kitty. Are you making a sign? Yep. For what? Need to modify behavior around here. Some things are just not acceptable.
3: What does it say?
0: Kitty gets up and sticks her sign to the wall. Read it.
3: Tables are for food, not bumps. Keep your ass off the table. Oh, Kitty. <laughs>
4: Auntie's not gonna like that. Why not? She hates it when they sit on the table. But the language. I'm not trying to be nice, okay? I'm just trying to make change.
0: Oh yeah, we. They both leave. Scene three: Hines' first day. Fedor is sitting at the assembly table attaching handles. Salote and Kitty enter and head to their workstations. The radio plays "Baby Love" the Supremes. John enters. Hine following timidly behind him. Kitty turns the radio down. Morning, ladies. Kitty looks up, scowls, looks back down to her work. Salote smiles broadly at John.
1: Morning,
2: John. Morning, Mr. John. We have a new member of our team. Starting today, everyone, this is Hine.
0: Kia ora, Hine. Welcome. Hae mai. Kitty rolls her eyes at Salote and then turns to look at Hine. She points at Hine's feet. Hey. Those are my shoes. Oh, welcome, Hene. I'm Fero,
1: floor manager. I'll show you around and get you set up. Hene looks
0: confused. Um, okay. Thanks. Thanks, John. I'll take it from here. John leans in very close to Fedor, All the women sucking their breath.
2: Thanks, Vera. I'll leave her in your capable hands.
0: Fido pulls herself up to her full height, steps past John to take Hene by the elbow, and stares her towards one of the tables.
1: Now. As John would have told you, this is uh, the handle division. There's only one goal in this room, to make beautiful handles and attach them perfectly.
2: John nods his head with approval. Well, ladies, I'll leave you to it then. Have a productive day. If anything comes up, I'm sure Vera can handle it.
0: He looks around, laughing. No one else laughs.
2: Yes, well, uh, if not, my door is always open.
1: John leaves. This is your workstation. Keep it clean and make sure you have everything set up before you start. Clay dries quite quickly. You don't have time
0: to go running around looking for things. Fiddle walks around the room collecting items off shelves and hooks. Henry follows dutifully behind her. Here you go. Apron, tool tray, sponge, gloves, bowl. Why are you acting like you don't know her? Fiddle glances at
4: the door. You know why. He's not even in the room. Playing it safe. Once you settled in, we can relax. Oh, I'm pretty sure we can relax now. You really think Hone cares that much? Who's Honey? John, your boss. Ah. Oh, he prefers to be called Honey. <laughs> no, that's what I call him. Why? Hmm, he stuffs up our names all the time. Doesn't even try with Auntie, just calls her Vera. Ah. Oh, I thought that was your Pakia name, Auntie. <sighs> she doesn't have a Pakia name. He's just too lazy to say her Māori name properly. It's hard for them. Oh, we learn how to say their names, learn their whole bloody language. We should modify all their names. <laughs> you changed John to Hone, but others might be harder. Oh, really? Ellen. Adana, Alice. Arahia. James. Hime. Uh, hami. Hey, lady. Salote speeds up this exchange. David. Rawiri. Simon. Haimuna. Sarah.
0: Hira. Bob. Papu. Tom. Tama Tame. Bring it on! Taloti uh, so scans the roster on the notice board.
1: Alexander.
0: Good one, Auntie.
1: Roger. Trevor.
3: Ingrid. Damn.
4: Well, everyone except Roger and Trevor and Ingrid gets a Maori name from now on. And don't call her auntie in front of them. Call her fiddle. Best not to act like whanau when we're
1: here, Bob.
0: Henny begins setting up her workstation, examining her tools with curiosity. Fidel loads another tray of cups onto the drying racks. Once you sit set up there, come over to the shelves. I'll
1: explain how it works. Coming, Auntie.
4: God, this is not gonna work.
1: She'll be fine, just needs to get used to it. Can't call
0: me Auntie here, bub, remember?
4: So, you can't let on that I'm your sister either. Well,
0: that won't be hard. Henry he walks over to Fedo at the drying rack. Salotti stands up, gives her back a stretch. Come on, Kitty. Smoke up. Kitty stands and stretches too. Kitty and Salotte both leave.
1: All right. Once you have a tray full of cups with handles on, you bring them over here to the drying racks. Slide your tray into the rack underneath the last one. Each tray takes three days to dry, so pay attention to which shelf you're filling. If you get them out of order, we'll end up with cups drying at different rates. That causes problems in the firing. Okay, aunt. Now, you'll get used to it. I know the rules don't make sense, but this is a good job. Fun, lots of mates, sports teams, social clubs. All you have to do is pretend we're not whanau and everything will be fine. Okay. Fiddle.
0: they both wince.
1: See, you got it.
0: Fiddle leaves, Henny looks around the room, taking it all in. Scene four, Smoko Room. Everything you need to know about John. Kitty and Salote are seated at the table. Kitty is busy drawing. Salote holds a mug of tea between two hands. What are you drawing? Redesigning the
4: 305 cup. Why? Because they're koretake. Have you tried them? The mouth is too wide and the tea gets cold really quick.
3: I'm a mother. I'm used to drinking cold tea. (laughs) By the time I change this one's nappy, put that one to moi, make that one a bottle, my tea's always cold.
4: Where's your husband working now?
3: Just finish up on Manapodi, starting on Mohaka Bridge next week. Who looks after the kids while you're here? My parents. Mum. She was a school teacher in Tonga. She's good with them.
4: I'm not having kids. There's too much shit wrong with this world. John walks in, stops briefly
0: at the door, then walks over to the bench and makes himself a coffee. Oh,
2: don't be too hasty to make decisions about children, Kiri. Māoris do like big families. Isn't that right, Saloti? You're going to have to start soon if you want to catch up to Salote here. She's on her way to producing a whole team of Māori all-blacks.
0: Salote <laughs> smiles weakly at John as he takes his coffee and leaves.
4: Why do you do that? Do what? Let him talk like he knows you. Salote shrugs. And why are you still letting him think you're Māori? Fuck!
3: If I tell him I'm Tongan, he'll move me to another division. I like working with you fellas. I don't want to move.
4: Yeah, we like working with you too, but you've got to admit, it's bloody weird. Penny enters, opens a lock and takes a sandwich out of a bag. What's weird, John thinking Salote is Māori and Salote playing along. And he takes a seat. Wait, he thinks you're Māori? Yep. But your name is Salote? Yep. So now you know everything you need to know about John. Far out. Everyone's pretending to be something
3: they're not around here.
0: Salote stands to rinse her cup at the sink. I'm not pretending.
3: He assumed I was a Māori, and when I saw what the Māori girls got to do, I liked it, so
0: I said nothing. Kiri stands to, takes her empty cup to the bench. Everyone's doing what they have to do to survive. That's all there is to it. Kiri and Salote leave. He finishes her tea in silence. Fiddle enters. Not too long on smoke, oh okay, court.
1: We run a tight ship around here. Everything has to run like clockwork.
4: Okay, I have a question though, Aunt.
1: They yeah. make eye contact. They both laugh. If John doesn't
4: know we're all related,
1: what's gonna happen? Don't worry about it, Bub. I'll
0: handle it, figure out a plan. You get back to May. Henny rinses her cup and leaves the room. Fettle sits deep in thought. Scene five. Cracked it. Handle room. Fero and Salote are working at their tables. The radio plays, I heard it through the grapevine. They sing along and move about the workroom in a choreographed pattern. Kitty enters with ink-stained hands, clutching, clutching a bunch of sketches.
4: I think I cracked it, Auntie. Cracked what? The new mug. Oh, hey. I've redesigned the 305. Remember we were talking about the tea getting cold? Oh, hey, I remember. Well, I redesigned it. Actually, I've got a whole new design.
0: Kitty lays her sketches out on the table. Fedor and the others, gather around to have a look. Check it out. Oh, I like the shape and size of it.
4: Wait, is that my handle? Yep. I, I took your man-sized handle and put it on the marae size mug. But that's not all. It has a built-in retriever.
3: What's a retriever?
4: <laughs> Glad you asked. A retriever is a gauze net, like a-, a flower sifter. It slides up and down inside the cup and hooks over the edge. What's it for? When someone offers you a cup of tea at the mudai, what's your first thought?
1: Is there a biscuit to
4: go with that? Exactly. A- and what do you plan to do with that biscuit?
1: Dunk it in the tea.
4: Yes. <laughs> and how many times has your biscuit dropped off into your
1: cup of tea? Not that many. As long as I can concentrate on my tea and don't get caught up in conversation. Uh, I usually time it right. You should use cabin bread. Cabin bread never drops off.
4: Yes, well, if you're not concentrating on timing and you're not using cabin bread, there's a high chance your biscuit's gonna break and drop into your tea.
0: So, there and fiddle, not vigorously. You
4: either have to scoop it out in clumps or wait till you finish the tea. By then, it's a soggy mush, right? Well, not anymore. The marae mug has a built-in retriever. When your biscuit- If- If your biscuit drops into your tea, slide the retriever up, bring it to the surface, pull it out, Eat it. You know, that's actually pretty
1: good, Kitty. Shh.
4: Thanks, Auntie. Can we talk to Honya about putting it into production?
1: Hang on, hang on. Hold your horses. You don't go from a drawing straight into the production line. We have to try it out first, make a prototype. You don't know if it'll work yet. Oh, it'll work. Well, we might need a few goes at it. First things first, make one. Take your drawer over to Hudiata, see if she can whip you up a mould.
0: Thanks, Auntie. John enters, looking pleased with himself. He struts over to the radio and tries to turn it down. After struggling with the dial, he eventually gives up and pl- pulls the plug out of the wall. The women are all stifling, smirks and giggles.
1: You okay there, John? Oh,
2: yes, Vera, I'm okay. I'm more than okay, I'm great.
0: <laughs> he looks expectantly at the woman, who return his look with blank stares.
2: I have an announcement
0: he gathers up her drawings and slides them out of sight well come on then spill it
4: we've got a busy production line going here
2: yes yes of course (coughs) i am here to announce the promotion of vera to division manager
3: Woo!
4: wait isn't she already division manager
2: well Technically, yes. Uh, she has been floor manager for some time and she does already have the responsibilities of division manager, but now she has the official title and a suitable pay rise to go with it. Congratulations, Vera.
0: Fiddle stands and gives a, a sort of bow. Henny walks in as the others are clapping.
4: Congratulations for what?
0: She's the new division manager. <gasps> Congratulations, Auntie. That's wonderful news. Henny rushes over to Federal, throws her arms around her. John looks confused. Auntie? The woman exchange glances. Salote jumps to her feet. Yes, Auntie, you're so right, Ehine. Now that she's our
3: manager, we can give her the respectful title of Auntie. From now on, we will
0: no longer call you Feral. We will call you Auntie Feral. Salote makes a clumsy curtsy towards Feral. John looks from Salote to Feral, confused. Kitty jumps up off her stool and joins Salote. Of course. Now you're Auntie to all of us.
4: Division Manager Auntie Feral. That's your new title.
2: Well, the title is just division manager, uh, but yes, all right. I, I guess you could use Auntie Vera informally.
4: Thanks, Hone. Her name's not Vera, it's Fiddle, and we weren't asking for-
3: Yes, Miss, thank you. Thank you, Mr. John. Congratulations, we have to have a celebration.
2: Um, it won't be during work hours, will it, this uh,
1: celebration? I'm sure Salote meant for us to celebrate in our own time. Oh,
2: great. Great, great, yes, by all means, celebrate.
1: Once again, we weren't asking. Thank you, John, we really should be getting back to work.
2: Yes, yes, always thinking about the workflow, Vera. That's exactly why you've earned this promotion. I'll leave you girls to it.
0: John leaves with the swagger of a man who is pleased with himself. Kitty grabs her drawings and heads out the door behind him. Congratulations, Auntie. I'll tell Huriata and the other girls scene six we are the future of crown lynn smoko room it's a few weeks later kitty is drawing at the table salute walks in with her bag morning morning what a lovely day
3: then i how are we all doing today save your breath he's not here auntie's in charge oh, thank you jesus amen today is not a, a day for being nice to mr palangi
4: it's never a good day for being nice to hone I don't know why your kisses are, salute.
3: I'm not kissing in nobody. I'm just doing a good, I'm just being a good worker. For good workers, there's always an opportunity to earn a Christmas bonus, and promotions are fairly applied. Oh
4: my God. Salote, do you really believe that crap?
3: Yes, I do. I'm not ashamed to work hard to be a good worker. Tongans always work hard, and hard work is the Kiwi way too.
4: Who the hell told you that?
0: It's in the manual. What manual? What are you talking about? Tlote walks over to her locker and pulls out a small booklet. The manual. Welcome to the New
3: Zealand way of life. New Zealanders or Kiwis, as we like to call ourselves, are hardworking, honest people who take care of each other and who aren't afraid to muck in and do whatever is necessary for the common good. Becoming a Kiwi is a great privilege and a choice you will never regret. You could say our
0: motto is, hard work is its own reward. Salute hands the manual to Kitty. What the heck?
4: They gave you this?
0: Yes,
3: when I first arrived, they took us shopping to buy clothes and shoes and they gave us this. Who's they? The ladies, the bosses' wives. Holy
4: shit, they gave you fellas
3: the royal treatment. Because we are the future of New Zealand. We are the future of Crown Lynn. (laughs) Oh, come on. You fellas are
4: cheap imported labour. They bring you in because you work for nothing, and when they don't need you anymore, they'll ship you back.
3: Yeah, Kitty, you're working for the same nothing wages as me. We're here for the same reason.
4: I haven't got any other options right now.
3: Then it's the same.
4: Kitty reads from the pamphlet. Oh my god, Europeans do not remove their shoes when they enter their homes. With good solid flooring it is not necessary to take one's shoes off. Some Māori may ask that you remove your shoes before you enter their homes. This type of request usually comes from those who until recently have lived in a tribal setting and are yet to adapt to the modern way of life. What the hell?
3: Oi we're kitty, you always swear, take the Lord's name in vain. Sorry,
4: but that is a load of shit. I don't know why you keep it.
0: When I don't understand Mr John, I can check the manual. Kitty shakes her head and continues her drawing. Henny pops her head around the door.
4: Auntie says Smoko's over. Belle hasn't gone yet. Why does everything have to be a fight with you? Nothing wrong with a fight if it's for a a good cause. But you fight with everything. Not gonna let those fellas walk all over me. Auntie took a risk getting us jobs. You're ungrateful. I'm not ungrateful. I'm just not a sucker like you. I can see through all the bullshit. It's not bullshit. It's life. How do you think Auntie got to where she is? By working hard and earning their respect. So I don't want their bloody respect. I want our bloody lamb back. I want to be able to speak my own bloody language without having to rehearse it in my head first, because I'm scared of getting it wrong. I want to be able to call Auntie Auntie and give her respect. Instead I'm calling her by her first name.
0: She's the bloody Matamua and we're acting like we're all on the same level. Hine rings her hands in silence. Salote studies the floor. Anyway, Auntie says smoke goes over. Hine leaves. Salote and Kitty both rinse their cups in the sink and follow. Scene seven a dawn raid. Fedor, Hine and Kitty are at their tables working with great focus.
4: I think this is it, Auntie. Uh-huh. I think I've done it. The mud mug. I tried a flatter handle, like you said, and a, and a finer mesh for the
0: retriever. Fiddle stands and walks around to Kitty's workstation. Let me see. She puts on her glasses, picks up the mug, and examines it carefully. What do you think?
1: My girl, I think you've done it. ne tino kapu The
4: ultimate marae mug. Wait, pia?
1: I pia? It has to survive the firing. You'll need to test whether the glazing holds up with that sieve sliding up and down all the time. It's not a sieve, it's a retriever. Okay, retriever. And the whole thing's gonna need a trial run, but you're nearly there, bub. See what you're gonna do when you put your mind to it? You're a natural at this.
4: Don't even try it, Auntie. I'm still leaving as soon as Dad's better. or gone, if he goes. I wanna go back to uni. There's so much good stuff happening there now. And the, the Māori students, they're onto it. They're pushing back against all the racism. They're standing up for Māori rights.
0: Mana motu hake, I want to be part of that. They sound like troublemakers to me. The phone rings in the smoko room. Fedal makes eye contact with Kitty. Thanks, Bob. Kitty sighs, gets up and leaves to answer the phone. She re-enters looking agitated. Auntie, auntie. Whiro looks up from her work. It's salute.
4: There's trouble. What is it? Her dad, the police, last night. They took him. He's been arrested. For what? Overstaying? They took him in the middle of the night. He's not a criminal, Aunty. He's a kaumātua.
1: Where is Salutin now? At home, with her kids. we better get some kai over to her. You girls go now, see what she needs, help her clean up. The cops probably trashed the place.
4: Do we both have to go, Aunty? I haven't caught up on my yesterday's quota yet. Oh, will you think about someone other than yourself for once? I am thinking about someone else. I'm thinking
1: about what happens to our division record if I get behind on my quota. The other girls can cover it. You'll be more use at Salotes. Find Betty and Harita, Harita on your way out and ask them to
0: come pick up your list. Kitty and Hene leave. John enters.
2: Oh, uh, Fero, the girls say you're sending them out. Reckon they're heading off on Manaki. That's right. Well, how far away is Menaki? Why can't they go after work?
1: Menaki isn't a place, John. It's something we do—supporting, taking care of one another.
2: So they've gone to do a Menaki, but well, now during work hours.
1: Salute's elderly father has been locked up, John. The police busted in in the middle of the night and took him away. Her husband's down the line. She's home alone with three kids.
2: Well, that sounds terrible. It really does. But the girls have jobs to do, Vera. They're at work. We're at work. It's
1: just the two of them going, John. We've got a full house today. Betty, Linda, Marama. I'll call May over too. Things are quiet down her end. May, come and give us a hand up here, love.
2: I don't like this, Vera. You're setting a bad precedent here. Everything will get done, John. You don't even notice they're gone.
0: Little picks up a stack of empty trays and leaves the room. John stands, hands on his hips, looking at the empty work tables. Scene eight, a dawn raid described. Kitty and Hine arrive at the house. The front door is ajar, the TV can be heard. A couple of children's voices chime along. A baby is crying somewhere. They knock on the door as they enter. Salote is sitting at the kitchen table, looking stunned and disheveled. Salote, it's us, Hine and Kitty. Auntie sent us over. We
4: brought milk and bread, lollies for the kids. What do you want us to do? Oh, seriously? Look at this place. Look at her. Do you really need instructions? Let's just get her showered and start cleaning up. Where are the kids?
0: I'll find them. then leaves the room to look for the kids. Kitty walks to the bench, fills the jug with water and puts it on. She hunts for mugs, finds three. She rinses them, places them on the bench. It's
4: going to be alright, Salote. auntie has got a lawyer, mate. She's already called them. They're sending
0: him
3: back to Tonga. Who? Dad. For overstaying. He's not an overstayer. His job was supposed to do his papers, but they got his name wrong.
4: What do you mean they got his name wrong?
3: They wrote it in the wrong order. On the papers. It doesn't match the passport.
4: That can't be hard to fix.
3: It has to match exactly. The lawyer said they're gonna send him back to Tonga. Shit. I can't believe they can do that. We won't even get to see him before he goes.
0: What about your mum? She's staying with people from the church. She's too scared to come back here. Kitty brings two mugs of hot tea to the table and puts one down in front of Sarote. Anay. Malo.
3: They kicked the door open. It can't shut now. They had dogs. They dragged him, dragged him out in the dark like an animal. Mum was screaming and crying. Dad just kept trying to talk to them and Tongan. He had no
0: slippers on. No jacket, nothing. Fuck. Salote so lays her head down on her forearms. The bloody palangi neighbours staring out their windows. Oh, fuck the neighbours.
3: Why are they doing this, Kitty? Why, what did we do? We're just living our life. We come here for the opportunities work, a nice house, space for the family, good education for the kids.
4: I wonder who else is
3: this happening to? Is it just Islanders? I don't know. I heard about
0: some but I thought must be they did something wrong. They sit in silence. Occasionally one of them takes a sip of their tea.
4: should take a proper break. Do you have any leave? I have some saved up. You need to sort out your mum and
3: dad. Maybe you should use it. You're right. Be good for the kids. Hene. The kids?
4: Hine sorting them out. Well, they're probably sorting her out, to be honest.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you, you're too hard on her, kitty. On who? Henny. Nah. She can handle it. She's the baby. In Tonga, we spoil the baby of the family. Treat them special.
4: Well, this isn't Tonga. And she already knows she's special. What she doesn't need is a big head. What did she do? (sighs) Nothing. Nothing. It's just, she got so much from our parents, the whanau. They asked her to leave uni and help with dad and she said no. Can you believe it? No. Just like that. No explanation. No apology. And everybody just accepted it. Oh, no worries, Kotero. Carry on with your studies. Get your education. Don't worry about your dying father and your tired mother. As long as you're happy and fulfilled, darling.
3: She's young, Kiri. She doesn't know. I knew when I was her age? Are you sure? One day she'll get it, and then she'll change. I really have to, I really need to have a shower.
4: Yeah, you do. You bloody stink.
0: (laughs) (laughs) As they leave the room, Kitty puts her arm around Salote's waist. Scene nine, The ultimate marae mug prototype test. smoke room
2: As far as I'm concerned, it's unpaid leave.
1: It was a few hours, John, and it was in your best interest. Well, how do you figure that? Her childcare was gone in one fell swoop. If we hadn't have helped her out, she would have quit. You'd have been down a worker.
2: Still, time is money, Vera. Sending them off on Crown Lynn time, that's not something I can sanction.
1: I know that. I also know good workers are hard to find, and salote is good.
2: Well, that may be, but we have to have rules, a system. Going forward, if they're not here when they're rostered on, their pay will be docked, agreed?
0: John leaves the room. Fiddle begins tidying up the notice board. Kitty enters marae mug in hand. Oh,
4: auntie, I've been looking for you. My marae mug has come back. Hariata made a main mold.
1: I put your handle on it and
4: got the boys to fire it.
1: Let me see, bub.
4: Hmm?
1: She looks pretty good, all right. Well, make a cup of tea then. Let's see if it keeps the tea hot. That's the real test
0: day. Eh? Kitty takes the mug to the bench and makes a cup of tea. Fiddle puts her feet up on the chair. Oh, that's better. Been on my feet
1: too long today. You work too hard, Auntie. I can't ask my workers to do anything I'm not prepared to do myself.
0: Kitty brings the mug of tea over to Fiddle. She takes a seat opposite, watching Fiddle with anticipation. Did you see what they're doing up in designs, Auntie?
4: The Tutahi range? Aye. What do you think?
1: Kauri Awe Oh,
4: They can't just take our designs and whack them onto anything. Are you going to say something? It's their factory, all. They don't need my permission to do anything. <sighs> I don't understand you, Auntie. We should be doing something. You know, those fellas are down there presenting petitions to Parliament. Meanwhile, we're up here with this shit happening right in our faces and we say nothing. Kitty! What's your mouth? What? It's true. She's the supervisor.
1: She could say something. They'll listen to her. There's more than one way to skin a cat. This is all right, you know. Strong handle, nice lip, tea's still hot. Sorry, Auntie. I shouldn't have spoken. Make some more. Try different glazes. Not white, too much like a railway cup. The simpler the glaze, the cheaper to make. So keep it simple. I mean it, Auntie. I'm sorry. Kate Pie, get your quota done before you get into your mug.
4: Aye. Salotte's coming back to work next week. We should do something.
0: Like what? Hi T. Fedel and Kitty both turn to look at Hine. That's a bit much. Whatever we
1: do has to fit into the lunch break.
0: Hine and Kitty nod and leave. Fiddle massages her sore feet. Scene ten. Salote's return. Handle room. The radio is, is silent, Salote walks in. Kia ora i I'm back. Hoki mai ho She stops and looks around. The room is curiously empty. Then Fiddle's voice sings out. Puti puti kane hanae,
1: maku katoe. Me he mea ko kokoe, tāku taupu mau, piriraua ki tēne umae.
0: Piriraua ki tēne umae. Hi au <laughs> <laughs> and Salote gather and hug. Hine leaves the room and returns, wheeling a tea trolley laden with pie and crockery. Welcome back!
3: Thank you everyone. I miss you, my Crown Rilin family. They eat and drink. How are your kids? Good. I'm glad I took the time off. And your mum? She's better, but she's gonna go back to Tonga. Really? She misses Dad too much. It's hard. She's scared to stay in the house now.
4: Who will look after your kids?
3: The church will help me. You're yeah, a strong woman, Salote. I'm trying, Auntie
4: i wait till you see my marae mug. It's gonna blow your mind.
3: <laughs> I can't wait, when can I see
4: it? Come now, we've poured a ha- half a dozen. Should be ready for glazing.
0: Kitty and there. leave the room. All right, smoko's over. Hine collects up the dishes and wheels the trolley back to the smoko room. Scene 11, Dad's dead. Fido is seated at her workstation. The radio is tuned to talk back. A voice is calling for New Zealand Day to be returned to its original name, Waitangi Day. He rushes into the room, panting. She stops in front of Fido and tries to catch her breath. Auntie.
4: I? Oh, I thought it was your day off. Mum sent me.
1: <laughs> it's Dad. Ai we. Who was with him? I was. You didn't leave him. Mum's there. And Uncle. Where's Kitty?
4: Glazing room probably dipping her mugs.
1: Go get her, bring her back and tell her here. Don't do it in front of all those parkers.
0: Hine nods and leaves the room, still wiping away tears. Fiddle picks up a tray and starts collecting finished mugs. She stops midway, attempting to contain the grief. After a time, she continues and leaves the room with a full tray. Kitty and Hine enter the room. Okay, I'm here. What do you want? It's...
4: Spit it out, Henne. I'm in the middle of glazing.
0: Henne looks around the room for fiddle.
4: Henne, what is it? It's... It's... Um... Man, if you're just trying to mess with my glazing, I'm going to clock you. I'm not. It's Dad. Dad? No. He's not. How do you know? I was there. He asked me to read to him and, and while I was reading, he just stopped. Breathing?
0: Everything. Fuck, I can't believe it. I actually can't believe it. Kitty takes a seat and rests her hand, head on her forearms. Henry walks over crying and puts her arm around Kitty's shoulders. Fiddle walks in carrying a tray of handleless cups. The bloody moulds are falling apart again. We've only got half
1: a batch this time, Auntie.
4: Around.
1: Dad's dead. She knows. What? Why is she working then? What are you doing? We're going to have to take a lot of time off. The, the least I can do is set everything in order before
0: we go. Are you serious? Fiddle sighs and takes a seat on the nearest stool. Puts her tray down on the assembly table. Turns back to Henny and Kitty. I still have to figure out what to say to John. What do you
4: mean? Tell him that our fucking father died. But the leaves. Our father! Your brother is dead! And we're going to the Tangi. Yes, but. It's only three days, Auntie.
1: Five. Eh? It'll be five days. They turn to look at Fiddle.
4: Why five?
1: Your Auntie has to come from Scotland. Mum will wanna go willy there. Someone's gonna have to track him down. Shit. If we all go, that's the whole division down. For five days. I was working on a plan. I thought we had more time.
4: People die, Auntie. That happens. The Parkia girls in distribution have family too. Yeah,
1: but the Parkia
3: girls take one day off for a funeral. They're back the next day. I'll be here. I can keep the rotation going.
4: You can't stay, okay? You have to come. Kitty, she has a family of her own to look after. your whanau. She might lose her job, is Cal- that he? Is that, that this why you refuse to help mum look after dad? <laughs>
1: well, I was with him in the end. Well,
4: that's all that matters.
1: is right. No sense Salote putting her job on the line. Sorry. Come to the house tonight. Bring your whanau, that's enough.
3: All right, auntie.
1: And don't say anything to John. I'll come back and talk to him myself this afternoon. Let's go, girls.
0: Kitty and Henie gather their things and give Salote a hug before leaving the room. Fiddle puts a few things in place, hugs Salote, and leaves the room. Kitty rushes back in. Salote looks up. What is it? Forgot my mug. Your what?
4: My mudeye mug. I can test them out on the fano while we're at the tangi. Research.
0: Oi ao Kitty runs out of the room, Salute is alone in the workroom, she drops heavily into her seat and looks around the empty room. Scene 12, an ultimatum, Smoko room. Fidel stands with her back at the door, John sits on the table with his head in his hands, he is visibly upset.
2: I don't know which thing to be more angry at Vera, the, the fact that you lied to me, or the fact that you've put me in an impossible situation. Do you know how much money we, I could lose here? A lot. What? A whole bloody lot!
1: What can I say, John? I did what I had to do to support my whanau. And those girls are all good workers, you know that. That's
0: not the point! What is the point? John sh- shifts uncomfortably. Fidel closes her eyes at the sight of his ass rubbing on the table.
2: The point is, I need enough workers on the floor to keep the production line going. You're the division manager, you sort it out. Half of you need to stay back. If all of you could go, then half of you needn't bother coming back.
0: Salote enters. She stops short in the doorway. John and Fiddle look up.
2: Ah, Salote! Perfect timing. Vera's just about to make her first management-level decision.
0: John stalks out of the room. Salote looks at Fiddle. I brought over the rest
3: of Kitty's cup mugs. Thought you could take them up north with you. She wants to try them out on the farm now.
1: I'm not going to the tangi john wants half of us to stay back if we all go the girls will lose their jobs you have to go it's your brother it's their father exactly
3: they'll never forgive you you'll never forgive yourself
1: i can't let them lose their father and their jobs in the same week what about you my brother will understand he would have done the same thing for my kids auntie wouldn't you do anything to have your father back here again? Yeah. Yes, I would. Far no first. That's our way. I'll ask May to stay back too. Salote picks up the box of mugs again.
0: Well, will you still be able to get these to Kitty? Aye. Leave them with me. I'll get them to her. Salote slides the box across the table to Fiddle and turns to leave the room. She pauses at the door.
3: I hope you're making the right choice, Auntie.
0: She leaves. Meo hoki. Scene thirteen atangi. Handle room. Sorote enters the room carrying a tray of fresh cups. She places them down at her station. Changes her mind and takes the tray over to Hine and Kitty's table on, and places it down there. She picks up the radio and tu- turns it on. Sitting on the dock of the bay, plays. She pauses, but then turns the tuner, going through the stations. She tunes past what sounds like a Pacific Island song, stops and turns the dial back a couple of clicks until the sound of owhaonga kofusi fills the room. Salote picks up some clay and begins to roll it slowly between her palms. The music begins to move her. Her clay rolling action becomes a Tongan dance gesture. She continues to gesture elegantly with her hands as she rolls the clay. She puts down the clay, steps away from the work table and begins to dance. A dance of love and longing for her father. Fiddle enters and stops short when she sees Salote dancing. She leans against the door frame and watches the entire performance. The song ends, Fiddle steps back out of the room. Salote stops dancing and wipes tears from her face. The radio plays, Meliami. And Salote returns to the work table, taps a clay handle out of its mould and attaches it to a cup. She picks up the box of dirty sponges, drops it in the sink, grabs a fresh box and returns to her seat. Scene 14. Fedor has a change of heart. Smoko room. Fedor enters the room. She strides over to her locker and pulls her bag, coat and good shoes out. Salote enters. You alright, Auntie? Yep. I've changed my mind. I'm going to head up to the
1: tangi. It's the last day. Tomorrow, I'll make it for the burial.
3: I'm glad you're going, Auntie. Why did you change your mind?
1: I watched you dancing. It was, and I thought, I can't keep letting these Parkies change who I am. Kitty's right. I already gave my name up. What about John? I'll handle him when I get back. Don't let him take it out on you. You just keep doing your job.
0: Salote nods her head. Wheddle finishes her tidying, and gives Salote a hug and leaves the room. Salote follows her out. Scene 15, production grinds to a halt and John discovers Salote is tongan. Smoko room, Salote is at a table, dunking a biscuit into a cup of tea. John enters, flustered.
2: Salote, it's just you here. Yes. We're a Vera and May.
0: Gone to the tangi. But Vera
2: agreed to stay back. I, I gave her an ultimatum. Lotte shrugs her shoulders and remains silent. <sighs> Output from this division is down by 80%. Now I know why. The production line is ground to a halt. We can't carry on like this.
3: What can we do? Tom,
2: take on a whole new team. And I'll make you division manager, effective immediately.
3: Sorry, sir, I can't do that. I can't take Fedo's job. Besides, this is the Maori girls' division. I'm not even Māori. I'm Tongan.
2: It's not Vera's job. I can give it to anyone I want. Hang on. You're Tongan? Why are you in this division?
3: You put me here on day one and I liked it, so I stayed.
2: But you're not Māori? No. Not at
3: all? She shakes her head.
2: Why didn't you say something?
3: You didn't ask me. You just wrote on my form and told me I would love it, and I do.
2: You're a tongan
3: Yes.
0: There's an awkward silence.
2: So now that you know now that I know you're a Tongan, I well do you want to move? No, thank you, sir.
3: I'm I'm happy here. We're a great team.
2: All right, now you're no team at all. I warned her. I warned her I'd give their jobs away. I wasn't joking.
0: John storms out. Salote sighs, looks at the clock on the wall, and goes back to dunking her biscuit and drinking her tea. Scene 16. Back from the Tangi, research report and a second ultimatum. Handle room. Salote is sitting at her station attaching cups, handles to cups. The tape deck sits on the table beside her, playing Tongan music. Kitty comes bounding into the room, closely followed by Hine and then Fiddle.
3: Kiora, Kiora! Kiri, all oh my fun now. I missed you. Welcome back. Thank you
4: Salote for coming to the fari and for the beautiful kai and keeping everything going here.
3: Nothing's really going here. Production has stopped.
4: I knew we should have stayed or come back earlier. What is wrong with you? It was your father who died. How was the tangi? It was beautiful. A really good send off for Dad. The whole whanau was there. Try it out my mug.
3: Oh good on you Kitty. How did that go?
4: A few teething problems? Nothing that can't be sorted out. Auntie Anna's teeth got stuck in the sieve. What? It's not a sieve, it's a retriever. And she was supposed to get them fixed. They're always falling out. Her teeth fell in the sieve? Then that's not my fault. Who knew the retriever was the same size as their bloody false teeth?
0: In their collapses and laughter, at, laugh at Salote tries to hold it together but fails. They both laugh hysterically and Kitty remains steadfast and optimistic. John storms into the room.
2: Ah, you've all decided to come back. That's good of you. Kia John.
4: Yeah, kia ora honne. Thanks for the warm welcome.
1: I hear things have been a bit difficult.
2: Well, that's an understatement. The whole bloody production line shut down. Poor Salote over here was the only hands on deck. It wasn't enough.
1: I'm sorry to have put Salote and the division in that position.
2: Well, I won't let you put me in that position again, Vera. I warned you. Someone's going to have to go. Today. It's them or you.
4: You can't fire us for going to our father's funeral, hone. We're allowed to take bereavement leave.
2: Well, not for five bloody days, well, you're th- not.
0: Still, you can't fire us for that. Well,
2: I don't need to. That's Vera's responsibility
0: now. Everyone turns to look at Fiddle. She looks at her nieces and then back to John. I can't fire these girls, John.
2: Division manager's responsibility. Comes
1: with the job. No, I'll go. If someone has to go, it's me. I should have seen this coming and prepared for it.
0: Kitty, Hene, Salote are taken by surprise. There is a long silence.
2: (laughs) Come on, Vera. We both know I can't run this place without you. I can't fire these girls, John. Well, that's your decision, I'll accept it. But you won't get a better job than this one, not at your age.
0: Feddle picks up a box, goes to her station and packs up her personal tools. John watches her quietly for a moment and then leaves the room.
4: Oh, how no. This isn't happening, Auntie. We're not going down without a fight.
1: No one's going down. I've made my decision. That's that. Now, help me take these things to my car.
0: I'll help you, Auntie. Sortie picks up the box and follows Fido out the door. He turns to Kitty. We can't just let her quit.
4: What are we going to do? Oh, We're going to do something, all right. We've got no choice. We're going to protest. What? Protest. That's what we're going to do. Have you ever done a protest? Nope. How hard can it be? Well, I don't know. I've never done one. We need placards and barricades, megaphones. What the heck are we gonna barricade? Look, are you for us or against us? Who's us? Us, henne. Us, the workers of the world, the makers, the builders, the handlers. We'll put up our notice. Protests against unfair employment practices. No, racist. Um, Protests against racist employment practices. Maori funeral practices are not being respected by our employers. We demand the right to our culture and traditions. God, you're so extreme. Protest on site. Monday, 10am, a stop work sit-in until management agrees to give us bereavement leave. Long enough to attend tangihanga. <sighs>
0: Kitty takes the paper and marker with her and leaves the room. Hinnie looks nervously around. Scene 17. Kitty leads the workers in a protest. Smoko room. Kitty's protest flyer is up on the notice board. Hinnie is at her locker putting things in it. She takes off the, off her coat. Kitty comes flying in to grab her bag from her locker. Protest. Distribution room. Sit in.
4: Island girls, stencilers, hand paintings, everyone. There's heaps of us. John's sitting himself. Hurry up. You're going to barricade the door soon. Oh, I'm not doing that. Well, you'll be the only one not protesting. Auntie's not. John's not. Auntie's not here. And of course, John's not. I'm going to tell Auntie. You're going to be in trouble. She gave her job to save
0: yours, and you're throwing it all away. I'm taking a stand. I'm not walking away like a coward. Kitty throws her bag onto her shoulder and leaves the room. Henny closes her locker and leaves. John rushes into the smoker room, slams the door and locks it. He drags the table over and pushes it in front of the door. He picks up the phone receiver and dials his home phone number.
2: Uh, Carol? Oh, Carol, thank God. Yeah, I'm in danger. They're protesting. It's a protest. No. No, no, a protest. Like a sit-in? but they're not sitting, they've got music and they're dancing and smoking and laughing and playing cards. Well, because I don't know what to do. I thought you, well, you always know what to do. Yes, yes, dear, I will, I will. Uh, Carol, thank you. I, I mean it, uh, thank you. I-, I don't know what i do. Dinner, uh, yes, 7 p.m., all right. Yes. See you then.
0: He hangs up the phone and stands with hands on hips, regaining his composure. He drags the table away, opens the door to leave. Whiro walks in the opening door. John takes a sharp breath in. They both stop in their tracks and look at each other. John releases his breath, visibly relieved.
2: Vera, you're you're here.
0: (laughs) The name
1: is Whiro, John. Call me Whiro. Oh,
2: (coughs) um... Uh, Feral, I'm so relieved to see you. Thank you for coming back. I I didn't know what to do. I I called Carol. Seriously? You called your wife? I didn't know what to do. Well, have you talked to them?
1: Who? Your employees, the protesters.
2: No, not yet. They were singing and dancing and I, uh, I just ran in here and got the table and blocked the
1: Public relations was never your strong suit.
2: Will you talk to them? They'll listen to you.
1: Right now, it's you that needs to listen to them. All
2: right. Yes, you're you're right. Can you come with me?
0: Come on. They both leave. Scene eighteen negotiations. Handle room. Veto, Kitty, salute. They all enter at once, gathering in the centre of the room. They hug and congratulate each other. Salute turns on the radio. It plays Many Rivers to Cross, Jimmy Cliff.
4: We did it. Tangi hanga for everyone.
0: This
1: will be so good for fun now. Much easier. See,
4: Auntie, it's good to fight back. Stand up for our rights.
1: You're right on this one, Kōtero. This one was worth fighting for.
4: Henny walks in. Auntie. What happened? Did you stop the protest? Oh, look who shows up after the fact.
3: Auntie made John front up and listen to all the workers. It was awesome. The others had the same issues as us.
4: Where did you go? Run home to Mama? Kitty! I went to go get Auntie. You didn't come back with her. Well, I'm here now. Thank you for the kai ehine.
1: Yes, May and the girls said thank you too.
4: How did you know it was me?
1: Uh,
3: jam scones with
1: cream on the side? Club sandwiches with chives and cucumber?
0: Henny smiles awkwardly. Realisation dawns for Kitty. I just... I just wanted to support you guys.
1: And you did. Now, you're going to have to get back to work quick smart to make up today's quota.
4: Oh, are we really going to worry about the production line right now?
1: I might not be your manager anymore, but I'm still your
0: auntie. Back to work, girls. John enters in a hurry, looking anxious.
2: Kerry. Vero I'm glad you're still here. Can we talk in my office?
1: Right here is good, John.
2: Yes, all right. Uh, I'd like to offer you your old job back.
1: So
4: you
2: should. Well, I. Um, what you did in there today with the workers, I couldn't, I, I mean, I could never... No, you couldn't, Kitty. I acknowledge there are things that need to change. I think it's also fair to say that we do some things really well here. Really? Yes. Well, the, the social clubs, the divisions. People work in divisions with similar people. And that's you know? the problem. Right there. Sorry? You're putting
4: all your eggs in one basket, honey. When the Māoris have to go to a tangi, or the Islanders have their church picnics, or the white people have to... Do whatever white people have to do. You lose a whole division. If you mix it up, you'll only lose a few from each division every t- at a time. She's got something there, John. Uh, of course I have. Organising your divisions by ethnicity is bloody racist.
2: No, it's not. Maoris like working with other Maoris. So do the Islanders. They can speak their lingo, play their music.
4: Putting someone in a job based on their race without determining their skills, that's racist, honey. Okay, not to mention lazy. I mean... Look at Henny,
0: look at those handles. (laughs) Kitty holds up a droopy handle. The others try to stifle laughter, but crack up laughing. Seriously, what the hell is this? She can't make a
4: handle to save herself, but here she is, clocking in every day, putting those poor excuses for a handle onto your cups and getting paid. It's not my fault. I'm a bookkeeper. I don't know how to handle anything except a calculator. You're a
1: bookkeeper? Henny nods.
4: Why didn't you say? You didn't ask. I rest my case.
2: Wow. No one is who they say they are around here.
4: Correction. No one is who you say they are around here.
2: Touché. Firo, I need you to come back. can't run this place without you.
1: I have to be able to hire family, John. There's no point in having this position if I can't use it to help the No.
2: Yes. All right, of course. So you'll come back
0: then? He Henny nudges Kitty in the ribs. Hang on, Auntie. Kitty gives Auntie the eye, tilts her head towards the marae mug. It makes. takes Auntie a minute to catch on. Ah, there are a couple of other issues that
1: need resolving too, John. Oh, such as? The tutahi range. It has to go
2: really but it's so be- offensive is it
1: yes Hornet. No?
2: i had no idea wow that's because you're glueless it all
0: gives kitty a look
2: and the other thing
0: the
1: girls have some great designs they'd like to trial in production they're good i've tested them
2: if it'll bring you back pharaoh i'll approve it but if it doesn't sell
0: oh it'll sell i've done the numbers worked it out. Kitty shoots her sister a look of gratitude. He now smiles.
2: Well, like I said, if it'll bring you back.
0: Thank you for the offer, John.
1: It's a lot to think about. I'll get back to you.
2: All right. Yes, of, of, of course, I'll, I'll wait to hear back from you, Vera.
0: <laughs> Off stage, the telephone in the smoker room rings. John looks at his watch.
2: No, oh, that'll be Carol. I've got to go.
0: John rushes out the door, the handlers look at each other silently marvelling at the events of the past few days. They each find a comfortable seat. Henne leaves the room to make tea. She re-enters with a trolley bearing four marae mugs, leftover club sandwiches from the protest. They all help themselves to a mug and a club sandwich. How long are you going to
1: milk that for? As long as it takes. (laughs) They crack up (laughs) (laughs) laughing. The end.